sense of urgency. Do you ever feel like that? Yeah. I see a lot of moms shaking their heads. Been there, done that. We'll be there and we'll do that tomorrow. Um, Life is harried. It's rushed. It can become incredibly anxious for us. And the video declares at the end that we are to breathe. Most of us don't think about breathing happens naturally. It's a good thing for us. But sometimes we need to stop and consider our breath. Feel it come in and out. Some of the um, people who are following Jesus that maybe have a little different Um, take on uh, their religious experience will sometimes do that breath prayer where they breathe in and they say, Jesus, Son of God, and they breathe out, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And they'll just do that for a period of time, just breathing in, Jesus, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. And I have found that I practice that, my mind begins to settle on different words. Helps me remember, I take time to, to breathe, to force myself to think about breathing, to quiet my soul, to push down my anxious thoughts. You know, in Genesis chapter 3, verse 17, God is giving the curse upon Adam for his sin. And what he says in Genesis chapter 3, 17, he says, by the 
toil of your hands, by the toil of your brow, you will work the land. And that word toil can also be uh, defined as anxious. Part of the curse for sin is a conscious anxiousness in us. Will I make it to work? Will I keep my job? Will I make enough money to pay the bills to, um, to care for my family? Will I keep my health? Will my children turn out okay? We are just anxious about so many things. And that is a part of the curse. But I don't think that it was part of God's creation. It's part of the curse. I don't think Adam and Eve in their time in the garden before they partook of the forbidden fruit were anxious. They just worked the soil. They tilled the garden. They had rule over all of God's creation. God has given that to be uh, co-regents with him. It wasn't until after sin entered them. Until they became sinful creatures before God and were expelled from the garden, that anxiousness enters in, that restlessness enters in. The fourth century theologian pastor from the north from North Africa, Augustine, wrote that our hearts are restless until they find their rest in thee. That's where we're going to find rest, is in Jesus. And that takes us back to the rest of the passage that we started on today. Matthew chapter 11. And we'll look at verse, starting at verse 27. Yes, Father, for such is your gracious will. Excuse me, that's 26, 27. All things have been handed over to me, that's Jesus, by my Father, and no one who knows the Son, no one knows the Son except the Father, and no one knows the Father except the Son and anyone to whom the Son chooses to reveal him. Verse 28. Come to me, all who labor, and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Jesus' desire for us as those who will follow him is that we would find our rest in him. And we can find that rest even in the midst of our very busy, harassed lives. If we place ourselves into his hands, if we surrender ourselves to him, we can experience rest. The writer of Hebrews says that we are going to someday enter an 
eternal rest. And so they tell us to be careful with what we do so that we will not keep ourselves out of that eternal Sabbath which God has created for us. The Sabbath given um, in creation on that seventh day, the Sabbath that's referred to in Exodus chapter 20 in the commands uh, is the Sabbath to which uh, we will, it's just a light picture of the Sabbath we will enter into when Jesus comes back to take us for himself. Jesus uh, speaks with knowledge and understanding of the situation that we are in. In verse 28, he says, come to me. Just, Just come to me. Not to a program, not to a church necessarily, not to a special book, not even to the Bible. Jesus says, come to me. He calls us into a blessed relationship with us. He loves us so much that he wants us to come and enter into relationship with us. He wants us to experience a little bit of heaven in the here and now. Of what it will be like to stand before God's throne, to experience the fullness of his love, to experience the fullness of the sacrifice of Christ. We sang that last song, and I was over here, and I couldn't complete the song because I was crying. The reason I was crying was to just imagine the mercy of God that we will experience. It should be overwhelming to us. Jesus says, come to me. He says, all you, he understands our situation. He says, all you who are, who labor. And again, that word uh, is used um, in the new, throughout the New Testament to talk about toil and mourning and weariness. If you labor, if you are weary, if you feel cut off from life or relationships, Jesus says, come to me, all you who are weary. And he says, those of you who are heavy laden. Again, it's interesting to note in uh, the language in which the New Testament is written that that word heavy laden is in a, uh, a passive sense of the word, which means it is something that is happening to you. You are not necessarily taking on the heavy burden, but something in life or someone in life is placing upon you a heavy burden. You saw it in the video that some unknown person comes up and drops some notebooks on the lady's desk. He has put weight upon her. And we see it repeated over and over again that more notebooks are coming every day. It is a burden that is placed on her from other people. And he says, those of you who mourn, who toil, who feel cut off and weary, those of you who have been burdened, come to me and I will give you rest. I will give you um, quiet 
I will give you the opportunity to um, move from anxiousness to peace. I will give you relief from your burden. He says, take my yoke upon us, which seems to sense that he's putting more work on us. But we have to finish the phrase where he says, and learn from me, for I am gentle. I am humble in heart. He says his yoke is easy. And you will find rest for your soul. Jesus bids us to come to him. He invites us. It's not a command here. It's not an imperative. Jesus says in a very loving, soft voice, Come to me. Draw near to me. I welcome you. I want you by my side. And how do we come? We come in trust and surrender. It's like the little one who... Daddy's been gone to work all day and she hears daddy's footsteps at the door and daddy opens the door and she runs to him. She longs for him. There is her strength. There is her peace. Daddy is home. She comes to daddy. Everything's all right. Jesus says, come. And it means for us to trust him and surrender to him, to um, confess the anxiousness of our lives, the sins and weights and labors and heavy ladenness that we feel. We need to trust them into Jesus' care. We need to surrender our lives to him. Now, I'm a sick individual. I mean, really am. And some of you may be sick like me. You have made anxiousness and worry into an art form. Nobody can be anxious and worry like you can. I'm at the top of the heap. There's something about me that I loves to be anxious loves to worry because I find out that the things you worry about usually don't take place. So I'm actually doing myself a favor. But I'll just warn you, even as a pastor, um, if you come up to me today and say, Pastor, I'd like to come and see you this week. Please tell me what it's about because I will not sleep well until you come to see me because most people who come to see the pastor have a problem. And often it's with the pastor. So if you just, we could maybe just talk about it right here and get it over with. 
I'm anxious person. I'm a worrisome person by nature. Not healthy, not good. I'm probably here confessing my sin to you. But Jesus says, I don't want that. Randall, just trust me. Surrender your life to me. Even these things that cause worry and anxiousness to you, give it over to me. So how do we spend, um, how do we begin to spend that Sabbath with Jesus? And I firmly believe that uh, Sabbath can be every day. It's not just a Sunday. But we can experience Sabbath every day if we make intentional time for Jesus. Intentional time. Not hurried time. If you find your time hurried with Jesus, maybe you need to find another time. It may mean waking up earlier or going to bed later. It may mean skipping lunch or dinner or supper or whatever we call it here in um, Huron. I'm still trying to figure that out. God says in Psalm 40, verse 10, excuse me, 46, verse 10. Be still. It's a command. Be still. And know that I am God. It is only in the stillness of our hearts that we can know the presence of God. He says, be still, which can mean cease striving, Release it. Let go of it. Be still. It's an imperative. It is a command that God is giving us. Be still. So make intentional time with God. Be in prayer. Be in the word. Maybe sit even quietly and do nothing but invite the Holy Spirit with you. Maybe just breathe in and breathe out. Jesus, Son of God, have mercy upon me, a sinner. The Sabbath is given to us as a gift. Jesus says in in Mark... um, He says, uh, they were arguing about the Sabbath, and Jesus said, um, Sabbath was created for man. It is a gift, not the other way around. Man was not created for the sake of the Sabbath, but the Sabbath was created for man. It is a gift from God. We hear it in the Ten Commandments, and we think that it's a burden you got to take a day off. God says, let me give you a gift. A day to rest. So I encourage you, in the midst of this world that is getting faster and faster, it has more and more burdens upon us. Turn your cell, off, turn your cell phone off and throw it in the closet. Take some intentional time with God. 
Make time. Let's pray. We hope you've enjoyed today's message. If you would like to know more about Bethesda Church, you can check us out on the web by going to our website, which is BethesdaMB.org. That's Bethesda, M as in Mary, B as in boy, dot org. Or check us out on Facebook by searching for Bethesda Church of Huron. Have a blessed day.